Hi, I'm Kathy Rushing, host of the podcast Committed, The Entrepreneur Marriage. If your middle name is Restless and you identify with words like innovator, dreamer, changemaker, creative, independent, or you are married to an entrepreneur, or heaven help you, you're both entrepreneurs, this podcast is for you. The entrepreneurial journey can be a little wild at times, like uncharted territory. Join me as I talk with others who are at various stages of the entrepreneur process. We'll explore the wisdom and insights they have gained while navigating the ups and downs of the entrepreneur journey. You'll discover that there are many couples who have found ways to thrive in both their business and marriage. Today's episode highlights takeaways from my interview with Ben and Liz Bohannon. They are the co-founders of Seiko Designs, a socially conscious lifestyle fashion brand. Liz released her book called Beginner's Pluck, Build Your Life of Purpose and Passion Now in late 2019. And in it, she tells the story of how she discovered her passion and purpose after traveling to Uganda shortly after graduating from college. I loved the audio version of the book read by Liz. You get to hear her voice and her delightful wit and perspective on life. I highly recommend this book. Liz's challenge of wanting to find a way to support Ugandan women eventually led to an untested plan. She designed a sandal that Ugandan women could make. And then she committed to selling enough sandals to fund three young women to go to college. This was the beginning of Seiko Designs, a social enterprise that sells beautiful fashion products made by women in Uganda and now a few other countries. They provide jobs for women so they can earn a fair wage and save money they need to attend college. We get to hear a little bit about Ben in the book, but in my interview, we get to dive in and hear how they managed to do all of life together. Seiko was started shortly after Liz and Ben married, almost 12 years ago. I was blown away by the intention with which they approach their work and marriage. It was obvious that they have thought a lot about how they work and live together. Liz joked that that will be their next book. So consider this a preview. Seriously, it was hard to pull out just a few takeaways. If you have time to listen to the whole episode, please do. But I know some of you just want to get to the meat. So I've got you covered. Here we go. The first takeaway came out of a question when I asked about the benefits of being co-founders. Liz had this to say. You know, it does make it scarier, right? We have no built-in, like if I was an entrepreneur, Ben was an entrepreneur, and the other person had, you know, a stable full-time job, there is a level of security. It helps kind of level out some of the wild uh, ups and downs of being an entrepreneur and creates just a base level of more security. And I see the value to that. To me, the emotional value of just having a partner that gets it, even if it's like, listen, I can't offer any security to you in this situation, but I can offer 
companionship and like I can offer a deep sense of like I'm literally I'm feeling what you're feeling because we're going through it together is it is in its own way a different type of security um it's not financial it's not going to pay the bills or keep you know the, the mortgage mm. payment coming but um I really value that and I find a lot of I think entrepreneurship can be deeply deeply lonely and not that we both haven't experienced that to some degree in other parts of our life or community or friendships, but I think we've really been largely protected from that because I think it's like our 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 most important relationship, our closest relationship. Um, again, not perfectly. There's things that we experience differently with being leaders within our company and different pressures, or um, for sure. So not not perfectly by any means, but I think neither of us have felt the degree of kind of loneliness and isolation mm. that a lot of entrepreneurs that I think are truly kind of on their own and don't have a partnership that's as close as a marriage would be to kind of support that part of their, their being. I guess this underscores the fact that there is not a right or wrong way to start a venture. Many couples have approached the risk of starting a venture by agreeing that one of them will hold a job with steady income. And this makes sense because money is often a challenge in a startup. There is a risk, though, that couples may drift in different directions unless they are intentional about the goals they create together. Couples that are co-founders share all of the highs and lows, as Liz and Ben pointed out. They talk a lot about the spring of 2020 when the pandemic happened, and they suddenly didn't know if their business was going to make it or not. Much of what happens in the business is known in the course of their co-founder responsibilities. So they don't have to rehash the day, but it also becomes even more important to set boundaries about when to turn off work discussions. Creating space for other topics is necessary to keep from burning out. There is a tendency for us to find our identity in our work. But Ben and Liz talked about how vulnerable it is that the other sees their mistakes. There's nowhere to hide no plan B. They succeed or fail together. I thought it was insightful to realize that they are not defined by their work or their roles. Their priority is choosing each other again and again, no matter what came the day before. There is a security in knowing that they will support each other no matter what happens. I was really struck by the maturity of their approach. So many couples find themselves unhappy because certain expectations aren't met. We haven't bought a house or taken a vacation or whatever expectation they may have. A healthy marriage is able to focus on the commitment to supporting each other for who they are, not what they do or how much they make. And whichever route a couple chooses when starting a new venture, the key is to create mutual goals and stay connected as they work towards those goals. Number two, the second takeaway comes from Ben's comment about seeing potential in your partner when they may not see it yet. 
I don't know. This is what I love about relationships, right? Like I think all of us should be in a relationship where you see the other and you go, man, I see something in you that I demand comes out. Um, cause I, I, and I'm going to be like the biggest cheerleader for it. And I think that's crucial. Like it's crucial that we're in relationships with people that believe so deeply in us, um, even more than we believe in ourselves sometimes. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, you know, identity is such a fascinating thing. Cause it's one of the things I think in partnership that we, especially in American context is like, as this individualist society, it's like, I am the only one who can define myself. And I think there's truth in that. I think there's a truth that you get to speak your truth. You get to be who you are. But I think we miss the mark uh, when we're unwilling to hear and truly open ourselves in a way to understand that other people actually know us better than ourselves at times. And I, again, there's like a lot of elements of that that you have to be careful with. But I think that's what I at least hope for in partnership, that Liz would believe something so deeply about me that on my darkest days or even on my good days that she would believe in a better version of myself that can point me there. Having a partner that sees the best in you and can remind you of what makes you unique or what you bring to the people that love you is so life-giving. I don't think we ever outgrow the need to be reminded, especially when we're in a low time, of what it is we uniquely bring to the world. I know in this podcast journey, Mark has been incredibly supportive. And when I feel like throwing in the towel or wondering if anybody is listening, he reminds me again and again that people need to know that there are other couples on this journey. So I keep going. In relationship work, this is a form of mirroring, reflecting back what we see. Most of us have a tendency to not see ourselves accurately. We play tapes that aren't true and are often not helpful. But a partner that lovingly reminds us of our worth or our potential can be the key to becoming the best version of ourselves. And I can't think of a more beautiful picture of marriage than this idea of being a cheerleader for your partner. The fact that Ben was the one to point out Liz's accomplishments is especially refreshing. She is the one that usually gets interviewed, but because he is secure in his identity, he doesn't feel the need to compete for the limelight. I think Liz and Ben demonstrate that an egalitarian marriage is a place where both partners can thrive. The third takeaway has to do with how they decided to work together. Yeah, we actually, we went on like a, I mean, we we took the question pretty seriously. Yeah. I think we were at least wise enough in our very early spring chicken days of, and we dated long distance and we got engaged pretty quick. We got married pretty fast and we were baby babies. Um, but I think we were actually had enough foresight to go, this is a big deal. There's some risks that would be involved in wrapping up identity, business, vocation, marriage, especially being newlyweds. We actually set out on a little, I would call it a pretty formal, uh, consult wisdom seeking tour where we identified probably 10 couples, all of them significantly ahead of us in life stage who had marriages that we really valued and that we really respected because um, 
and wanted to aspire to. Mm. There are plenty of marriages that were like, we respect your marriage <laughs> and it seems like it's working great for you. That is not what our vision for partnership and marriage is. So these were couples that we were like, this aligns with something that we could see aspiring to. And then we just went on a little, a little ask tour and we would set up in, you know, go to dinner, go to coffee, go over to their house and just say, Hey, we kind of want to, we've got this idea and here's what we're thinking. Here's the vision. Here's our concern. Here's what we're excited about. Uh, just share wisdom with us and knowing that no one had a crystal ball that we probably wouldn't get consensus, like that at the end of the day, this was our decision to make and that we had to make it, you know, in alignment and integrity with our own, you know, self-knowledge, but we just deeply value community and we deeply value mentorship. And frankly, we came out of that. There's probably half and half, half the people said, sounds a little risky. I probably wouldn't do it. And half the people were like, you should definitely go for it. So it wasn't even like we found consensus. What I think we did find was language for talking about it. Uh, what we did find, I think, was um, a little bit of help anticipating what the challenges could be and questions that if we decided to move forward, we should ask one another and consider and just gave us a little bit of a heads up before we were in the thick of those particular challenges, which is so helpful, right? Like challenges are hard. Challenges that someone told you, you should be watching out for this because it's a really common challenge are immediately actually easier because you still have the challenge to deal with. What you don't have to deal as much with is the shame and the embarrassment and the question of like, is something wrong with us? We're experiencing this challenge. We must have made the wrong decision, right? If you're like, nope, this is kind of a thing that most people that choose this path struggle with, you should think about it. Then you're like, okay, now we just get to focus on the problem. We don't have to spiral into the like, you know, shame of, are we experiencing, does anybody else that does this, is anybody else experiencing this? Is this hard for anybody else? So it was a really like sweet season of just like, building friendships again specifically i would say with folks that were um older than us and in, in a very different life stage than us um that was pretty influential in us making that decision as i interview couples i'm always listening for themes seeking out mentors for their relationship and work has become a repeating theme in successful entrepreneur marriages Liz and Ben had the wisdom to seek input from several couples they admired when considering whether they should be co-founders of this new venture called Seiko. No one can provide a roadmap of what's ahead when launching a venture, but if we are willing to spend time with people that are a little farther down the road, we really can save ourselves some pain. I love Liz's point that because they had some warning about certain challenges they would face, they didn't have to wallow in the frustration or shame of the challenge. They could just acknowledge it. Yep, there it is. They said this road might have a detour and mm -hmm, here it is. Now, what do we do with it? Having established some mentor relationships, they had people to process those hard times with or just someone to bounce ideas off of. Mark and I started mentoring young couples many years ago. We would invite several couples for dinner and spend the evening talking about all kinds of topics. Sometimes the conversations would focus on marriage, but mostly we just became friends. There have been times some of them have come to us for advice, but we have found that the friendships that have evolved have been life-giving to us. 
If you don't have a mentor couple or individual, I hope you will make it a priority in your marriage. I really believe that if a couple has someone that they can be honest with, it can be the buffer they need when the marriage hits the inevitable rough places. And it's good to have more than one type of mentor. Some people will have insight that will help your marriage. Others may not have a great marriage, but be able to give honest advice about challenges in the business. It really does take a village to have a thriving marriage. Number four, how did they decide on roles at home and work? I think our philosophy on relationship and partnership is it needs to be a dialogue and it should be ongoing. That there's, I would say, fairly often, at least every several months, we're probably at a point where we're just like, do we need a level set? Do we need to redefine? Do we need to? And some people don't like that. Some people are just like, hey, give me black and white. Um, I want, I might not be happy with it, but I'd rather have it black and white. And I think for us, we've said, let's understand that that life is fluid and there's busy times and there's quiet times. And that might mean I need to pick up more slack in the home at times. It might mean Liz needs to pick up more slack in the home at times. It might mean both of us need to depend on our community that we live in, that we live in the midst of or our family, whatever that is. But we've really made it more of a, a fluid thing. This is another theme that I'm noticing, the need to be flexible and willing to change roles in different seasons as the needs of the company and their family change. I've seen couples get into trouble when they rigidly hang on to the belief that roles are fixed and never changing or that one should do something simply because of their gender. When we recorded this episode, Liz and Ben were expecting their third child, and it's going to require some adjustments. They approach their partnership as a dialogue, not a fixed set of rules, and I love this so much. I wish we had known them when we were younger. We could have learned a lot from them. If we can embrace the idea of seasons, then nothing feels impossible. We can do things that we may not enjoy knowing that this too shall pass. I didn't love getting up in the middle of the night when nursing our babies, but I loved the time alone with each one in that season. And I could probably think of many more examples of seasonal uh, changes. Revisiting roles periodically with a set couple of questions can keep grievances to a minimum and keep the rhythm fresh in your marriage. Here are some questions to facilitate a review. Number one, on a scale of one to 10, 10 couldn't be better. How would you say our roles are working? Number two, is there something you'd like to trade for a while? Ben talked about laundry and how he would love to solve, solve the laundry dilemma. Because really, who likes folding clothes besides Marie Kondo? Number three, I really appreciate that you fill in the blank. Sometimes simple affirmation is really important. Number four, what is something we want to keep doing, start doing, and or stop doing? keep doing, start doing, stop doing. That's a real quick way. A couple of times a year, just run those questions by each other and 
let it be a way to review the different roles based on the season that your marriage or work or your health, I mean, there are many things that impact the seasons as we go through life together. All right, well, that's a wrap on the Bohannons, and I'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening and coming along on this journey with us. If you enjoyed this episode, I'll bet you know someone else that might also find it helpful. Sharing an episode is super easy. You can also give a rating or leave a useful comment. And all of these things help the show rankings, which then helps others find the show. Thank you in advance for being an action taker. You can find a full transcript at kathyrushing.com. And if you have a burning question or a comment you'd like to leave, you can now leave me a voicemail and I'll include it in a future episode. Just click the link in the show notes and voila, your voice will show up in my inbox. You're building a life together. Make it a great one. See you next time.